Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. And please take your seats and turn to the first page of your Bible, Genesis 1. I think we finished well. After all that, we finished well. And um, last year ended with um, rammed meetings here on uh, Christmas Eve and on the, on the big event day, uh, with people being saved, with uh, us having the privilege of, of feeding and giving hampers to people in the local community with favor and goodwill, and with um, 56 people being baptized in Kenya in the last um, four or five weeks. And with loads of seed sown, Amen. we finished well. And, and when we read Genesis 1, which, we, which we'll just read a few verses in a moment, it tells us that God created um, the planets, amongst other things, to mark the seasons and the days and the years. So I do believe um, these thresholds matter. And we come into a new year, a new decade, and uh, we want to start well. So we've started with 24 hours of, of prayer. Uh, praying that the seed would be watered and calling on God to raise our expectations and to remember the promises if you've been upstairs and saw saw the prophetic words on the walls and to humble ourselves and come before him at the start of the year. Just want to say, by the way, um, everybody who set up those rooms did a fantastic job. It was so good. And uh, walking to the end room up there and, and seeing the washing lines with uh, all the photos on, I just thought, what a fantastic church this is. It was so good just to see all the photos and pray for everybody. So we started with, with prayer. And, and what we want to do in, in the scriptures, in the word, um, Richard's in Market Harbor this morning, and I'm here. And, and then next week, we'll swap over. And uh, we want to help all of us get our focus and our priorities right for this year by um, coming again to our most urgent task, which is mission. And um, uh, the praying in Scripture, it seems the praying is always followed by going. And I think Richard said that as we concluded the prayer meetings on uh, yesterday lunchtime. Praying must be followed by going. Uh, We're asking God, but we must be ready to go ourselves. And and we make no apology for focusing once again on mission. Because the Lord spoke clearly when when Kerry laid hands on me. uh, One of the prophetic words that came was to focus on on my gospel, to focus on our foundations, and to focus on the harvest. Because uh, the Lord wants our house to be well built and strong in the word, and um, outward focused, all the time outward focused. We, we live in a dying world, uh, but we have life. We have a resurrected Jesus. We have a victorious God. So I'm going to start the year, uh, and Rich will be doing the same, by asking you to embrace this truth, that we are made for mission. That 2020 is made for mission. This year is made for mission. This this decade is made for mission. That our church 
is made for mission. Um, at all of us, you and I are made for mission. Don't know whether you've ever thought of it quite like that, but I want to um, just look at some things and come at that from several angles. And the first is to say this: we we're actually created for mission. When I read Genesis one, um, if you just have that open in your Bibles, uh, it tells us first of all, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It, a, a biblical worldview. Um, uh, has no room for um, atheism. In the beginning, God has no, no space for materialism. God created. Has no space uh, for evolution even. God created. Uh, and with a few other things we can say, the, this, these opening chapters are, are the origins and the beginnings of, of everything. And um, as we read the, the creation story that God created the whole cosmos, the, the heavens and the earth, uh, and all the animals and all the man, and, and mankind, and, and, and we see that everything has a place. God, God did things in order. Everything, everything was created according to kind. Everything was created with seed in it to reproduce. Everything has a plan. Everything has a place. God has an order for everything, and it's all good. Uh, and as we read carefully, it tells us, first of all, look at verse... Um, Verse, verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from night. They will serve as signs for festivals and for days and years. And they will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to have dominion over the day and the, the lesser light to have dominion over the night. And almost by way of a little bracket, as well as the stars... And God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. Now, Genesis doesn't claim to be a, a science book, but it does give us a biblical worldview that tells us the earth is the centerpiece. The sun and the moon were created to provide light on the earth. The purpose of the sun is to give us light. The purpose of the moon is to, is to provide light at night time through the reflection of the sun. That The biblical view of things is that the heavens were created for the earth. Earth is the center point, not, not at the periphery of an expanding universe. And then, as I read it, it goes on to tell us that the earth was created for the man. So verse 26, God says, let us make man in our image. Here is the first of God's creative acts, the first creature created in his image. Man is not the last of the animals to be made. He's the first of the image bearers. The pinnacle of God's creation. This, this was the, the ultimate uh, creative act was to create the man. The, the heavens were created for the earth. The earth was created for the man. And the man was created for the mission. Yes. Let us create man. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And then God blessed them and said to them, and here's the mission, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. And God created the man in his image to rule on his behalf. Yeah. 
to fill the earth, to multiply. It's a, it's a beautiful worldview, isn't it? The heavens created for the earth, the earth created for the man, the man created for this great commission to rule and to multiply and to reproduce and to fill the earth with others in his image. With others in his image. The universe made for the earth, the earth made for the man, the man made for the mission of God, filling the earth with people who know him, love him, reflect him, are like him, represent him. I believe that's the whole reason mankind is on the earth. This place we call home, this big green and blue, mainly blue ball that hangs suspended. There's a, there's a little verse in, um, in Job where it talks about the earth being suspended in nothing. Then it says, these are just the fringes of his ways. <laughs> it's a fabulous verse. Can't remember the reference. This place we call home, this landscape, this environment, this incredible, beautiful, wonderful, miraculous planet earth is the center point of the universe and is the home of God's image bearers and is the place of our great commission. Maybe you think I'm mad to think this way. Earth is more than our natural habitat. It's our mission field. Earth is our home. Mission mission is our task. We're alive on the earth to fill it with people in his image, which becomes now a spiritual reproduction, a spiritual multiplication. When we come into the Gospels, if we wanted to just to stand back and define this mission a little bit more, we might say this, our mission is to continue Christ's work, to finish what he started. Now, I know it's finished, but he's left us here to continue his works, to continue being his body on the earth, to rescue people from eternal death, which is hell, which is real, which exists, which is one of the two alternative eternal states, to rescue people from hell, to offer abundant life, to make disciples of all nations, to give what we've got, to get the bride ready, to prepare the world for the return of Jesus. That is our mission. John the Baptist came to prepare the world for the first coming of Jesus. He had a ministry which is described, and this would be a great study for you, as as a kind of Elijah ministry. But Jesus says, Elijah has come, but Elijah is coming again. The church is here with the same ministry that John had, except we're preparing now for the second coming of Jesus. That's our mission. And it's teamwork. God created them male and female. Two genders only. One or the other. God created them male and female because, he, because God loves teamwork. Because they helped each other. Because they supplemented each other. They complemented each other so brilliantly. And it needs all of us. Teamwork to fulfill this incredible mission. We're more fruitful together to help each other, to make up our lacks, to glorify God together. So when I, read, when I read Genesis, when I read the creation account, I start to realize it's not enough for me to live and get saved and then die and go to heaven. 
That's, I mean, that's wonderful, but it's too small of you. We are here with a task whilst we're on the earth. We are created for mission. Hands up if you are with me and, and kind of agree with me so far. That this is good. Okay. So, so that, that's the first element. We, we, we're made for mission because we were created that way. But then secondly, we're made for mission in this sense that we're born. There's a, there's a natural birth that happened. And Richard will say more about this next Sunday. We've been created, we've been born with the most marvelous physical bodies. Especially Ben Morris's. Amen. We've, got these, we've got these earth suits to wear. Earth suit. Because when we go to heaven, we, we, we will have different ones. We'll be clothed, we'll have slightly different bodies. We'll have resurrection bodies. But, but whilst we're alive on the earth, for mission, we have these earth suits. So if you could just take a look at your marvelous body, just, just kind of as much as you can. Have a look at your eyes. Have a look at your earth suit. Um, th- these earth suits have, have, have some profound natural functions. I got hands to get food into my mouth. I, um, I, I'm able to reproduce. There's, there's, there's seed, there's reproduction, there's eating, there's sustenance, there's nourishment. There's senses that help us stay alive, protect us. I drank some slightly off milk this morning. Immediately, my sense of taste emitted it from my body. That's what, it, that's what it's for. It's to keep us alive and healthy. But I believe our bodies have a higher calling. Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1 is a verse many of us will know. It says we are to, um, by the mercies of God, Paul says, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. I've also put up on the screen behind me some references in 1 Corinthians, which I'll just uh, read to you. 1 Corinthians 6, where Paul um, says in verse 13, um, foods for the stomach and stomachs for the food, but God will do away with both of them. The body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Verse 19, do you not know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. See, my body has this, these fantastic kind of natural bodily functions, but, it, but there's a higher ultimate purpose for my body, which is to glorify God. And therefore, I believe my body is here primarily, above all, to serve and worship him. The ultimate use of my eyes is to see what he sees. The ultimate use of my ears is to hear the harvest cry. The ultimate use of my heart, I'm I'm kind of moving out of biology now into something else, is to be moved with compassion. The ultimate use of my feet is to go wherever he sends me. The ultimate use of my mouth is to share good news, encourage my friends, speak the goodness of God. 
The ultimate use of my arms is to wrap them around people who need some comfort, some reassurance. The ultimate use of my hands is to lift them in prayer and, if necessary, to lay them on the sick. I believe we are born naturally with bodies perfectly suited for mission. With physical bodies perfectly designed to be used by God for their ultimate purpose. And then, thirdly, not only are we created for mission, born for mission, but all those things come into their proper context, their proper focus, their proper perspective when we are reborn, when we are born again, when we are saved. We are saved for mission. This new birth that many of us in this room have experienced, but but you may be here this morning and and you've not, this hasn't happened to you yet. It can happen this morning. The Bible calls it being born again. That first birth was natural, was physical. But God wants us to have a second birth that is spiritual. He wants to save us. I was looking back at these verses in Ezekiel. Let me turn you to these. Ezekiel 36 or you just want to make a note of this to read later and listen to these verses. This is, a, this is a prophetic word which I believe has its ultimate fulfillment in what Jesus has done for us. I will take you from the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and will bring you into your own land and I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you'll be clean and I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols And I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. And then you will live in the land that I gave your fathers. And you will be my people and I will be your God. It's a beautiful description of what God's ultimate intent is for his people. It speaks about water that cleanses. It speaks about a spirit living within. It speaks about a new heart. On the day of Pentecost, when the crowd said to Peter, what must we do to be saved? He says, you must repent uh, for the forgiveness of your sins and then be baptized in water. And then you'll receive the gift of the spirit. It's the fulfillment of this prophecy in Ezekiel. Then you'll be my people and I will be your God. When we're born again, we're restored and forgiven. Our spirit is reborn. Our heart is renewed. The past is cut off in baptism. The future is empowered as we receive the spirit. And now we're right with God and just right for mission. Let me turn you into the New Testament, to John's Gospel. We're saved for mission. In John 16, uh, John 15, beg your pardon, verse 16, Jesus makes this statement. Let this sink in. This is you, he's speaking to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Now, we think we chose him. Of course, there's a sense in which we, 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 we... We agreed with his choice. 
But before we chose him, maybe you're in this room and you've never, you've never actually done that. You've never chosen him. I want you to know this morning, before you make that decision this morning, before some of us made that decision, he chose you. He came to seek and save the lost. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit, and that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask my, the Father in my name, he will give you. You did not choose me, but I chose you to, and appointed you to go out and bear fruit. It sounds like mission. Saved for mission. Chosen for mission. Chosen and appointed to go out and bear much fruit. At the end of Mark's Gospel, verses we're familiar with, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new languages, in tongues, they will pick up snakes, and if they should drink anything deadly, it will never harm them. Thank God the sour milk has no impact on me. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. We've been saved for mission. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, when, Paul, uh, when Jesus promises the Spirit, it would be, I'd like you to turn to this one, Acts 1 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We have been baptized in the Spirit not to equip us for heaven. There will be no gifts in heaven. We've been baptized in the Spirit to equip us for mission on this earth. You didn't need the gifts of the Spirit to get saved. He chose you before you chose Him without any of those. You will not need them in heaven, but we do need them in this earth now. And it's not even mainly for the church gatherings. It's to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Saved for mission. Baptized to cut off the past and send us into the future and filled with the Spirit for the purpose of witnessing. And now that we're born again with, with new and tender hearts, with the indwelling, empowering Spirit, now we can feel His compassion. And now we can offer His life. There's been a lot of talk about this being a year of plenty. 2020, a year of plenty. It's a phrase that Kerry shared with, with the elders and some others when we met at the end of last year that, that he believed God had spoken to him. 2020 will be a year of plenty. Many, you might have heard people using that phrase. I, I, I totally believe that. But I want to show you what a year of plenty is going to look like for us. If you turn to Matthew 4. I don't know what your first thought is. A year of plenty. 
Ooh, the bank balance. Doesn't start there at all. 2020, a year of plenty. This is what I believe the plenty will look like. Jesus, verse 23, Jesus was going all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news about him spread throughout Syria. So they brought to him all those who were afflicted, those suffering from various diseases and intense pains, and the demon-possessed, the epileptics, and the paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him. Plenty of people. Plenty of stuff to sort out. Plenty of power. Matthew 9. A year of plenty. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, plenty of places, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, which is God's total answer to man's total need is the good news of the kingdom. It involves healing every disease and every sickness, plenty of healing. When he saw the crowds, plenty of people, he felt compassion Plenty of compassion because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful or abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest fields. There was plenty. You and I know there is plenty of all these kinds of things. Crowds of people, harassed, helpless, weary, worn out. Other versions talk about being confused and aimless, hearts broken. I, read, I listened to a podcast recently where, where he talked about the exhausted middle. You've got all these people at either ends of, of the political spectrum with all their social media noise. And you could think that's the sum total of people's opinions and thoughts, but there's a massive middle of people who are exhausted, weary and worn out, confused, helpless, aimless. And yet there's a king who's overflowing with compassion. And there's a kingdom which is all sufficient to meet every need. Everything is plentiful except one thing. The workers are few. I think Jesus is calling... There's plenty out there. The harvest is abundant. And he looks at his church. He says, but the workers are few. And I believe we must answer his call and rise up and say, Lord, there's plenty of us here. There's plenty of us here. This will be a year of plenty When all of us, plenty of us, teamwork together, man and woman, born for mission, created for mission, reborn for mission, made for mission, we say, Lord, here we are. There's plenty of us. There's plenty of us to go around. I I believe we have all we need in this room, here right now, or coming in seed form, all we need for all he's got for us this year. A year of plenty. The harvest is plentiful and we're made for mission. Earth is our mission field. 
Our bodies are designed to reach out, to touch people, to, to lift our hands in prayer, to see what he sees, to hear what he hears. We can now feel the same compassion he feels. We can let our lives shine. We can bring hope. We can lay hands on people. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, but he wants to live out of us. He wants to reach people because he's the ultimate missionary. He loves the lost. He doesn't want to be contained within you, as it were. He wants to be expressed through you and out from you. We can answer that call, can't we? I, I believe we're ready for mission. We're ready for mission. Let, let's just read on in those verses. Verse 38. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And summoning his twelve, prayer always followed by going. And if you've prayed for, if you've been upstairs this weekend and prayed for the lost, get ready to be sent. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. And then he summoned them and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out, to heal every disease and sickness, all the same things he'd just been doing, carrying on his work. And these are the names of the 12 apostles, the 12 he sent. First Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And then Jesus sent out these twelve after giving them instructions. Don't take the road leading to other nations and don't enter any Samaritan towns. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and as you go, announce this. The kingdom of heaven has come near. That was his message. Now it's their message. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Hello? Drive out demons. You have received free of charge. Freely give. Don't take along gold or silver or copper for your money belts. Don't take a traveling bag for the road or an extra shirt, sandals or a walking stick for the worker is worthy of his food. We won't get into explaining all of that. But do you, understand, do you see that just as Jesus had been doing things, now he sends the 12 to do the same things. And these are the names of those he sent. We'll come back to that. We pray, we go, we freely give. There's an example of this in Acts chapter 3. Two of those 12, Peter and John. You know the story, but I believe it, it describes what the Lord wants us to be doing this year. Acts 3 says, Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. A man who was lame from his mother's womb was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful so he could beg from those entering the temple complex. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for help. There's people asking you for help. There's people at the next desk asking you for help. There's some harvest cries we need to hear. Some things we need to see. There's some shoulders we need to put our arms around. Asking for help. And Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and he said, look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then 
taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up, and he stood, and he started to walk, and he entered the temple complex with them, walking and leaping and praising God. It's a fantastic story. We're created. You are created. Now, just start to think of your own life, people you interact with, live near, work with, travel with, see, socialize with. You are created and designed and made and fitted and perfectly suited to be the first responder, to be the caregiver, the comforter, the encourager, the hope giver, the peacemaker, the lifesaver, simply a great friend. If it's not you, then who's it going to be? If it's not me, then who? It's teamwork. And even, even those here who are the newest Christians, two or three people were saved during December for which we give God all the glory and say thank you. Those of you in this room, the newest Christians, you can reach back into your family and friends and rescue others. All of us, when, when, when our friends share, our, share their anxieties, you're the best person to listen When a colleague tells you they're going through a tough time, it's you they need. When you hear a mate is sick, nobody is better equipped to go and pray for them than you. We need to break the mindset that it's hard, that people don't want to hear, that Satan's winning, that the post-Christian world doesn't need Jesus. All those things are lies. The world is poised. The stage is set. Do you know of all the people who've ever lived, from Adam onwards, all the people who've ever lived, more than half of that number are alive today? Incredible statistic. Seven billion people alive. And they reckon probably 13 or 14 people ever born. Seven million, seven billion of them are alive today. On the earth today. Half the people who've ever been alive are here right now. The world is poised. The stage is set. Satan is not winning. Do not believe the social media hype. I find whenever I share my faith with people, they're very open to hear. Very happy to listen. The world is not hardened to Jesus. The stage is set for the greatest revival we've ever known. The harvest is plentiful. We've got to break the mindset. You've got to break the mindset. I have too. That we're not ready. That I'm not the right person. I'm not good enough. All lies. You and I are the most perfectly suited we're just what's needed. It's just what we are alive for. I, I, I just want to say this. Mission is not foreign to us. Mission is not difficult for us. Mission is not unsuited to us. Mission is not alien to us. Mission, mission isn't one of, a, one of a list of activities. It's our life. It's what we're made for. It's what we were created for, what we're born for, what we were reborn for. Hallelujah.
We're made for mission, and it's not going to be a difficult year for us. Now, I'm going to come back to some of that in a moment. With all that in mind, I want to tell you some of the things we'll be doing this year to help us in our mission. There's a, there's a slide that's going to go up. It's got loads of things in it. Can you all read that from the back? I'm trying to read that little one. Let me just share some things, and then we'll come back, and um, the Lord's going to do a great thing as we close our gathering today. In the Word, in the ministry of the Word, we're going to focus on, on two things in particular this year. One we're going to call Gospel Encounters, and we're going to look at Jesus' interactions with people in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts, and uh, look at the kinds of people he met, what he said, how he dealt with them, just to show us that it's exactly the same for us today, Gospel Encounters. And then we're going to have a, an occasional series called Let's Talk About dot, 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 but the big theme is hope, where we're going to pick up some some taboo topics. Let's talk about anxiety. Let's talk about grief. Let's talk about depression. Let's talk about some of the issues we don't often talk about. And let's, let's, let's equip ourselves to know our gospel is the total answer to man's total need. Let's have settings where we can invite people who are, who are challenged by some of those Situations facing those, where, where we can invite friends, where we know Jesus is going to be lifted up as the answer to all our needs. Let's talk about hope. Then in February, all the life groups are going to come to the end of their current cycle of six or seven months. And in February, we'll gather together, and the same will happen in Market Harbour, for a uh, so four evenings together during the month where we'll, we'll call it Made for Mission or Mission Makers or something like that, where we will be focusing on some particular things that will help us reach out from today, from this start of the year. We want to, um, uh, we want to be joined up in offering Sunday lunch to people that come. Not all of us, back at one person's house, but... But when visitors come, where, when new people come, that we've got a team of people on hand to invite them back for lunch on Sunday. Really simple. We want to have some guest services during the year where, uh, where we can draw, um, invite, invite people in from the towns and villages. Christmas, we saw about, um, uh, about 1,100 people here in the, in the two days we focused on Christmas. We want to uh, big up Easter and a couple of events during the year. Wow. We want all our gatherings, by the way. We want all our gatherings this year to be ones where it's easier for the lost to get found. And where it's easier for the found to be empowered. And there's some, some ways we want to do that. We want to um, generally uh, make more appeals, be shorter in our sharing. <coughs> Uh, give invitations uh, for prayer, give, make space for the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. When you look around this room right now, you'll, you'll understand that we need to be thinking about a second gathering on a Sunday. So we've thoughts around that. Um, we'll continue to explore that. Uh, we've got various outreach and compassion ministries that do a fantastic job. The International Friendship Center, Pebbles, um, Mumstop, the uh, Cafe, and others. And we want to continue those and, and perhaps look at how we can join them together more effectively. And just to say on some of them, uh, we're going to need more people to be involved in those ministries. Yeah. So don't hold back. 
Whatever other resolutions we've got this year, we will never be fulfilled unless we chuck ourselves into mission big time. Uh, the youth, uh, the kids are going to have a made-for-mission kids version. The youth are running an alpha and have identified amongst themselves a goal of seeing 52 people saved through the youth this year. We're with them in that. Did you know that? Okay. You heard it here first. We've invited all in their 20s and 30s to join us in Powerhouse, and a good number are doing that. We've invited all in their 40s and 50s to join us in Magnificent, and a great number are doing that. We want to train and send and equip those age groups as best we can. And explorers, we're coming for you. In Tamworth this year, we're going to express what we do there as a house church. There's life and activity in and around the village of Wharton, where Katie and Paul live, and we're going to focus our meetings in that place. We're going to meet occasionally in, in more public settings, but we believe that the grace of God is with us in Tamworth to express the church in the home and through the home there. So there'll be plans there. In Colville, we're looking at a new venue. Uh, we're going to have a taster gathering in Ibstock soon. In, in uh, Leamington Spa, we, uh, we believe God's spoken to us about Royal Leamington Spa many years ago, and this is the year we will do something there. So we'll be forming a team, prepping people, people will be moving house. I'm delighted to say we've got plans to reach the Romanian community. Yeah. Ovi's here somewhere. Where's Ovi? Yes, he's here. There he is. Ovi's right at the back there. What are you doing right back there, Ovi? So um, we're, we're actually meeting today to, to progress those plans, but every month for the next few months, there'll be something either in Atherstone or in here to reach the Romanian community. And maybe your heart is stirred to get involved in that. Have a word with, with that brother up there. Uh, Arna will be with us um, for four days in the spring. We may have a team from YWAM with us, sent from uh, the, the base that Daniel and Midian are involved in. Uh, we're going to be running Alpha mainly in homes. I think we've got one planned in El Shilton with Janet. And in, we're going to Kenya twice this year in March. Uh, Deborah and I are going with Richard and Sarah. And again in October where more will come. Um, we need more sponsors for the kids there. The, the school work is, is building. I'd love us to take a mission team to Kenya in probably early 21. So uh, already I'm hearing from people who would like to be involved in that. I believe, as they say, we've got this. We can do this. We're made for mission. The world is ready. The harvest is plentiful. We're just right. The kingdom is God's total answer to man's total need. My prayer and hope is, Lord, would you save and add a hundred people to us this year? That will, fill a f- that will fill a few of these empty chairs, but we're getting close to capacity. So let's get ready to see what he sees. To hear the harvest cry. To be moved with compassion. To go where he sends us. To open our mouths confidently knowing he'll give us all we need in word to share good news. Let's invite, invite, invite. Let's be an invitational culture. We can invite things, people so many times to great things we do. Let's invite them. Let's invite the weary. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary. He said, come to me all who are thirsty. 
Let's invite the weary and the thirsty. Let's put our arms around people. Let's lay our hands on the sick. Let's give freely. We've been so blessed. Let's give freely. 2020 is made for mission. Made for mission. You and I are made for mission. So I hope you're ready. This is how we're going to end. Um, In that verse in Matthew 9, just go back there. Have a look at this in the scripture again. It's on on, on the page behind me. In Matthew 9, Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And then it says, summoning his 12 disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to heal all disease and sickness. And these are the names of those he sent. And it lists the 12. But I saw something different in my mind. And so in a moment, you're going to see your name on the screen. I hope. If, you're, if, the, if it's worked right, if you're a church member and we've got your name in church suite, your name should be up there. If you've been visiting regularly, your name should be up there. It may not be. Please don't be offended. We've done the best we can. So, hopefully, you're going to see your name. You're going to have to watch carefully. As you see your name, it will be an opportunity for you to stand to your feet. Say, as for me, I'm made for mission. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.